Before we begin today's interview, I'd like to invite you to join me for Explore Purpose Live. Each month, I host a Zoom call, a live Zoom call with Explore Purpose listeners to have meaningful conversations about purpose and what it means to live with purpose. As a part of this group, you'll also get weekly updates and helpful articles and videos and more related to living with purpose. And as a bonus, you'll be invited to join our private Facebook group. Our next meeting is this coming Thursday, May 5th, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's free, and I'd love to have you join me. Click on the link in the show notes below, and you'll be in. Welcome to Explore Purpose, the podcast designed to inspire you to live a life of purpose so that we together can make a greater impact on the world around us. Hi, my name is Conrad Weaver. I'm your host and excited to share this new content for you. I'm so grateful that you stopped by to listen today. What inspires you to live with purpose? Is it a mentor? Was it a parent? Perhaps a difficult situation? Perhaps an experience that moved you? What if it was all of the above? Her story begins on December 30th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Her birth name was Baby Girl Harrison. Immediately after she was born, Baby Girl was taken away to live in a Tulsa County orphanage. It was only after she was adopted, her birth certificate was changed from Baby Girl Harrison to Ella Amanda Harris. Later in her adult life, Ella felt the longing to belong and with the help of her husband, discovered the truth in her purpose for being. In essence, baby girl began to live out her life purposefully. Ella knows firsthand how to overcome adversity and how to stay inspired to follow your dreams. She continues to grow and become even better at reaching others in need and developing them to be their best. And so she is known as Miss Ella Inspires. Miss Ella is dedicated to assisting battered and homeless women from minority, multicultural, and traditionally disadvantaged backgrounds during life-changing events. They are counseled, mentored, and nurtured by her counseling techniques that have been developed over the years. I think you'll be inspired by her story. So here's my conversation with Miss Ella Inspires. Well, Ella Chapman, welcome to Explore Purpose. Thank you so much for joining me today. So tell me a little bit about, for my audience, tell me who you are and what do you do? I'm Miss Ella Inspires. I work with individuals. Well, I like to say I have the pleasure to work with individuals uncovering their purpose, their life purpose. Uh, we had over 4 million people um, to walk away from their job. I think right. uh, it was, it's roughly in that area and that was just reported a few days ago so there's a lot of people that are not walking in their purpose mm. so i am a purpose pusher so i go by the name of miss ella inspires mm -hmm. because there's significance in my first name and there's significance in what the service work that i do and that's the inspire part so that's what i do well tell me what's the significance to your your first name i'd love to hear that the significance to my first name is that when I arrived here, I was given away at birth mm. for someone else to choose me. Mm -hmm. 
So when I was given away, I was given away without a name. Hmm. So my name is, and you know, when you're growing up, Conrad, you don't realize the importance, just like you shared the memory about you and your brother going out on winter days. And it's the same type of, you know, recall or maturing into that place of that nostalgic, what had happened to you, even when you didn't even remember. Mm -hmm. But for me, that was my story of, of saying how blessed I am, for one, that someone wanted to choose me to be their daughter and then give me both of their mother's names. Mm -hmm. So Ella and Amanda is my middle name. And so they gave me both of their mother's names, which I think is is beautiful now. So how did you become a, as you said, a purpose pusher? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my coach gave me that name. She was like, oh, I got a name just for you. And after looking at what I do, it, it's so fitting. I love, you know, so in a conversation, the first thing after introducing ourselves, I'm going to ask you, what do you love to do? Hmm. And I realized that I had been doing that all my life. Mm. Uh, and that's a part of my prophecy mm -hmm. of inspiring others mm. to walk in their purpose that's already given to them. It's not anything that you have to learn to do. Mm -hmm. It's something that is already inside of you. And, and so learning how to plan that out uh, becomes the task. Mm -hmm. And so I help people to come in and help shape where their purpose is and begin to nurture that and grow it so that they can get to a different level. And there's one thing about purpose is that you do not have to always monetize on your purpose. Mm -hmm. We just don't. Mm -hmm. But it can be sure. a way for us to monetize on. And, you know, so I look at that as being a place where, you know, an individual can decide because people love their work, but it may not be as fulfilling as they would desire it to be. So that's where you go into doing something volunteering so that you could love and feel that level of fulfillment mm -hmm. from, the, from the type of service that you want to provide. At what point in your life did you begin to recognize the or maybe experience the desire for purpose? I think I was about 21 that I was make-believe in speaking to people. Mm -hmm. You know how you don't know mm -hmm. if you ever took the hairbrush and oh, flipped yeah. it upside down like a microphone. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's what I did on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I would pretend I was speaking in front of an audience. It was the Charlie Brown type of audience mm -hmm. with no faces, <laughs> you know, and I would make believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and it took years because of the traumatic experiences that I was um, living through and growing through that I realized that that was my calling, that this is what I'm actually supposed to be doing. Mm. Wow. And then at what point did you actually begin living that out after you kind of discovered that? Uh, I think for me, it began in 2000. Mm -hmm. I was working for 
the Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities of St. Paul, Minnesota. And I was working for their transitional housing program mm -hmm. for women who are homeless and battered and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was in my rightful place to grow. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for 15 years. So I worked my way up from an overnight receptionist, a uh, robocop. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine <laughs> I'm five two being a robocop? <laughs> Wow. Well, I did. And um, and so I just leveraged myself up because I had a plan. Mm. I knew I didn't want to stay in that position. Mm -hmm. So I began to do the things that I needed to do so that I could get to a different place. And I left being there, uh, left from Naomi being a uh, assistant director for seven years. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So what were those, what, where does that motivation come from in you it's an innate energy mm. it, it's like the hunter knowing that they have to go and hunt mm. that's the best way that i can describe it today i have to hunt so i have to use my purpose to help other people know that they can also live in their purpose or live it out hmm. because that's what we do. We live out our purpose. We carry that out. Hmm. Um, and that's what we're designed to do. Hmm. What? So before you began living out your purpose and look at your life before and after, what was the hmm. difference? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So you might even get some tears out of me because it's my story. I've heard that before from Lisa Nichols. She said, you know, people asked her, well, you're crying again. You told the story so many times, but yes, but it's our story. And it doesn't mean that you're not healed from the traumatic experiences that you've lived through, but it is, it had an impact on your, on who you are. Mm. Uh, a part of that was the little girl who was adopted but was it nurtured by the adopted parents? The little girl who became a teen mom at 14, who left home uh, shortly after she gave birth to her baby and never went back home. The little girl that um, had a relationship that was so toxic and so abusive uh, that she even dropped out of school because of a traumatic incident. You know, So it was the repeated life experiences that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I know for me, that's been a part of shaping me because that was the experience. Now, had I had a different experience, I still would have been shaped and maybe not this way, or maybe I would have. Who's to say? Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't happen that way. Uh, so those stories that we all have, you know, our highs and lows, uh, they really do help to build our character and our strength and who we are and what we're capable of doing. But it, I came from, I came from a different place than where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. So if someone looked at me today, they would go, oh my gosh, I bet you went to school, you finished school, did you go to college? Did you, you know, get married and have your children? Did you do all of those things? And I would say, mm, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I dropped out in the seventh grade. Um, you know, it was 
a series of moments before I was in a place where life would look different for mm -hmm. me. Who were those people who mentored you along the way? Oh, wow. You know, I've had significant people that you don't have for all your seasons. They're there for different seasons in mm -hmm. your life. Sure. Um, my neighbor, former neighbor, Miss Ella, her name was mm -hmm. Ella too. And, and she molded me. She protected me, uh, especially during domestic situations. Mm -hmm. uh, her and her family would cover me and my children. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something that I still can, you know, the hairs can stand up on my arms over because for someone to put their own life and their family in harm, her and her husband both did. I call him Pops, mm. by the way. They both did. Mm. They took a chance. They believed in God and they knew that they needed to protect us. Mm. Um, I look at significant other people who are no longer here, who made a difference in my life, who also were my rescuers. Mm. Um, so it's been people who have came to rescue me uh, during that time period of my life in Iowa. Over the past number of years, I've been working on myself personally. And, and you know, we grew up with these limiting beliefs that make us think we're this way and this is just how we are. What are some of those things that you had to break out of to get to where you are today? Wow, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm an Adlerian. Um, graduate and of psychology, psychotherapy rather. And uh, I truly believe in his principles when he says we have mistaken beliefs about our life and about how our parents have had to learn through their mistaken beliefs or not, but we learned what their mistaken beliefs were. And a part of my mistaken beliefs was that I wasn't smart enough, mm -hmm. that I wasn't good enough. Um, and that stayed with me mm -hmm. for a very long time. Even at the age of 49, 50, when I was earning my master's degree, I still went through a period of time where I didn't think I was smart enough. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a piece about it and actually incorporated into one of my curriculums, mm -hmm. speaking about, you know, shrink wrapping yourself so that you could feel invisible, but you're not. Mm -hmm. Because there's some underlining mistaken beliefs about yourself that you have to heal from. Mm -hmm. and, and I did. Mm -hmm. I did. And what was the process of healing? Consistency. Hmm. It took me to flip it upside down and to practice consistent consistency with my health, with because you need mental health, mm -hmm. with your heart health and with your soul health. All of those should be in sync and it wasn't. And so the things that I began to do were 
the things that I did back in the day, as we call it, that helped get me to where I was. So I began to utilize the material that I used. I mean, I have an enormous amount of material that I really took my, that I actually took myself through like counseling. Mm -hmm. So I have books to prove it, <laughs> plenty of books that I took myself through counseling so that I could have a different experience. So those experiences, I began to resurface them. And so for our whole year, I listened to one CD. I kid you not. Every time I got in my car, because that was where I was demoralizing myself. Mm -hmm humiliating myself, making myself feel horrible, using every word you could think of that would be totally against what we should use mm -hmm. towards ourselves. And I did that in my car when I would leave from school at night. Mm -hmm. And um, I began to look at ways how I could incorporate it. And that's what I did. I listened to the same CD. I did my prayer meditation. I read I did the nurturing piece to get me back to a place where I didn't have to self-sabotage and condemn who I was because that's where I was really heading towards um, the point of no return, the deep, dark hole, as uh, Portia Nelson mm -hmm. describes. Uh, you know, have you heard of that story? No, I have not. Where when you're walking down the street and you... You know, you see a hole, you fall in the hole, you don't realize how you how you got there. You end up getting out, you come down the same street again, you fall in the same hole and you go, oh my gosh, how did I get here again? Well, you would have to take accountability for what goes on in our own life. That's our free will. Mm -hmm. And when you're using your free will, you can show up better for your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the things I did. You know, uh, Craig Rochelle, and on his leadership podcast, he talks about how our life moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Would you absolutely. agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And so absolutely. you were going down this path of every evening mm -hmm. getting in the car, you were thinking these negative thoughts about you and your education experience and and mm -hmm. so you were able to change those thoughts, right? To get you Absolutely. to where you wanted to go. I did. I did. And it was intentional. Mm -hmm. it, it became really intentional to, um, to look at myself different. And, you know, you had to look at reality, too, because mm -hmm. if you got to this master level in your life after dropping out of school in the seventh grade, come on, you can't be... <laughs> Unintelligent, am I right? Sure. So you had to incorporate some realness. Mm -hmm. Look at, see where you are. You're assistant director mm -hmm. over an agency that you practically run. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that this is true. So that's where the mistaken beliefs come in and you replace those mistaken beliefs with your actual truth today. Um, and that's part of it. I, I agree with him. You know, why do you think a lot of people, many people stay stuck there? Well, there's a lot of different 
reasons. I don't think there's a one answer to that question. Um, it's an individual process because we know it's a process. Sure. We know it just doesn't happen overnight. The baby doesn't come overnight, but it's a process for us to gain whatever we need to gain to shift us to that new mindset mm -hmm. that's been waiting for us. And a lot of times we operate in something that is going to self-destruct us, mm -hmm. but we're habitual people, you know, habitual humans, not spiritual beings. We're spiritual beings mm -hmm. having a human experience, but the human experience, well, it boxes it. Mm -hmm. It really does. It'll box you in and you'll realize that through this all, um, you, you're not using your voice. You're not using your gifts. You're not using your talents. So those are the things that I help people to look, look into, look at it and see where you have not been using because you already have it. Mm -hmm what we need to use. And a lot of times we're looking for something else. We're looking for to have someone else's different life. Um, as, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, when you watch different, hear and listen and watch different stories, people say these words, would you have trade with my journey prior to gaining all this fame? Mm -hmm. And most people would probably say, no, no, thank you. I'll keep what I got. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think we fall into being boxed in mm -hmm. and not knowing how to release some of that, what's emerging. Uh, so there's a lot of disconnect, mm -hmm. a lot of unself compassion for who we are. Um, and I, that's one of the things, Conrad, that I that I used during that time. I began to learn more about compassion, mm -hmm. self-compassion. Mm -hmm. Do you think when we are boxed into our way of thinking, it's much more difficult to really discover who and what the purpose is for us? Yeah, because you're not focused on that. That's not where your mindset is. So a man or woman think it, so he or she. Mm -hmm. You get what you get. You get what you're focusing on there, you know. Um, and during those moments when you are boxed in, um, and, and most of that comes from our mistaken beliefs mm -hmm. or our misbeliefs about life and, and, and the world even. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think, I think is important for us to help those that are really wanting to know um, and just hope that, because hope is a good word. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but it's really is important whatever you put behind it. Right. So we hope that they, not discover, but we hope that they become awakened to what God has given them to do while they're here. You know, I think sometimes we grow up and people grow up in environments where they don't know what they don't know, you know? And so 
you know, for example, I know someone who grew up in a, you know, an environment of poverty and, and kind of a victim mentality. And, you know, they want to go off to school, but they don't know there are resources available Mm -hmm. to them, but they don't know that they don't know what they don't know. And I think sometimes in our pursuit of purpose and meaning and, and, if we, if I don't know that there's this mindset that's blocking me in, boxing me in, how can I break out of that? How can I discover that what I don't know? Does that make sense? It, yeah, it does. I think it's the journey. If you don't take action, hmm. you won't realize if you need to turn left or turn right. Hmm. But if you don't do anything, then you're just there. Right. Because a journey doesn't become a journey until you begin to take action. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we begin to look at how do we be- get in there and start helping people to to know that they have a purpose. So I know, you you know, if you start out right away, your purpose may not be um, may not be your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. But if you begin to chunk at it. And create that art mm-hmm. that you need. That's already for you. That's why it's it's a need. It's a need that you already have. But if your mindset isn't there because you've been boxed in, if your heart isn't there because it's been boxed in, if you have your spiritual side that's been boxed in, and a lot of people Mm. do, then you're all over the place. There's no alignment. Mm. What do you do personally on a daily basis or weekly or monthly? What What's the process for you to stay on course? Oh, that's a daily task. <laughs> Sometimes that's more than just once a day. Um, for me, it's usually throughout the day because um, I've learned that breathing, breathing, deep breathing really does help your nervous system. Mm. And I have several health challenges, autoimmune diseases, and that I live through every day. So being in pain body, breathing, learning to breathe has really helped me to sustain my life. Um, I pray, I meditate, I have um, singing bowls that I use. Um, I dance, I write, I journal. Um, I, I sing, I listen to music, but I'm consistent Mm. with all of those on any given day. Mm -hmm. So if there's a, there's not a day that goes by that I haven't give thanks. The first thing that I get up in the morning, when my feet hit the floor, it's thank you. Thank you. And then thank you, God, Mm -hmm. or Thank you. I give thanks that I'm here. Well, that's so important. Um, and, and there's science behind that, that when we have gratitude, yeah. there's our life is different when we have, when we express gratitude. Mm. One of the things about gratitude uh, for me is the fact that it's free. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It's free. It's like breathing. It doesn't cost you anything to breathe. It doesn't cost us anything to exercise our breathing or to use our mind 
and words to put it together to say thank you, that I'm grateful to be here. And I'm going to tell you something. That's one of the things that I have increased even more throughout the pandemic. I'm the winner here. I win. Not what's going on out in the world is not winning over me. I'm winning. I've been through enough. I know how to take what I've learned and change it up by giving gratitude and giving thanks to what is needed for me to have a good quality of life. Because that's what it's about. Life is about having a good quality of life um, and the service that we give to other people. How does how does serving others affect the our quality of life? In in numerous ways. I mean, when you're walking in your purpose, that's fulfillment. The anything that brings joy that brings joy into your life is is a better quality for you. Anything that can take your energy and leverage it up to a higher vibration, that's also a way for us to to look at, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be. But sometimes we get bombarded with the outside and things show up different for us. Yeah, I think sometimes our environment can it can tend to direct our day and our thought patterns. But if we have those habits of gratitude and we work on the breathing, like you said, and we work on the other things, we don't have to let the, those environments control our thoughts, control our day. That's right. That's right. And and knowing that that's key for anyone that's living through disorders, mm-hmm. um, any anyone that's living through cancer, um, whatever type of medical matter that might be going on in one's life, practicing gratitude and self-compassion towards yourself is very critical. Yeah. So what, who are you looking for as a, as a client? Who do you work with? I work with predominantly women, mm-hmm. uh, women that are seeking to understand who they are. How do I know what's inside of me? I think I want to do this, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, I've always had a love to do this, but I don't know if it's going to give me the freedom that I need to walk away from my job. And I get in there and help you start right where you are to help you to figure that out. Um, and and I'm a you know certified life coach as well. So that is the, a piece that I definitely connect. And then I have the other psychotherapy and and counseling piece that's combined. Uh, So those tools are all utilized (laughs) one way or another, you know? So those are the people that I think seek me out Mm -hmm. 
uh, for coaching and to be a part of my coaching groups are people that are really wanting to know of their clarity in the life that they're living in. Um, and so when you seek out more clarity, you get that. And clarity helps us to plan better and it pl- helps us to have a more precise direction where we're going, where we're heading. Do you know who you are? It reminds me of the Diana, Diana Ross song. Do you know where you're going to? Do you know the places, you know, that are trying to find you? Do you know? Do you know what you're trying to discover in your life, you know? So walking people through those steps is what I love to do. Um, and so people that are looking to reposition themselves in life, um, people, you can already know your purpose, but how do I begin to walk in it? How do I learn to breathe in it? Mm-hmm. You know, I have a thing where you can wake up and smell your purpose every day. And uh, because that's the fruit that's inside of you. Mm-hmm. And I think those are things I have so much <laughs> compassion for what I do on a day-to-day basis that it brings me so much joy. And I think that's a part of my healing. Mm-hmm. That if that I'm walking in something that I love to do, but it's inspiring others to walk in their calling as well. And then that's going to bring a better quality of health for me. Mm-hmm. This is not stressful. That's awesome. I mean, well, of course, you know, sometimes, you know, you have those of moments of learning new <laughs> things, but that's the ebb and flow of life. So I, yeah. So how would you say that what you do is the same or different than who you are? It's the same. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the same. Uh, and I've answered that question to myself before. So I, I really like that question. Um, it's, it's the same, Conrad, for me. Um, it, because you're walking in your purpose, right? Are. That's right. Yeah. Know thyself. Sure. And how many people are out yeah. there going on to their nine to five job, dreading every morning going to work? And, but it's, putting money in their bank account and putting food on their table, but they're not walking in their purpose. That's what I call the default purpose. Mm -hmm. That's your default purpose. That's a purpose. That's an intentional purpose, Mm -hmm. but it's in default. And you could still operate in default Mm -hmm. and choose to fulfill your life by operating in your purpose, by volunteering or doing another task. But a lot of people live in their default purpose with their own fulfilled. They're miserable. They really are. And well, I don't need to convince you. I know you know that story about you know, what's going on even prior to the pandemic. So it's, it's not just what's going on through this shift but it was going on that led to this shift to even happen, mm-hmm. you know, for people to walk away from their jobs that they, you know, utilize for their livelihood. Right. I think people, 
you know, they were started working from home and they realized that there's more outside, you know, of their job than just going to the office every day and the drudgery of that. And, and, and there's freedom in, in doing what you're called to do. What would you recommend for someone who's in that situation where they've been, maybe they've been a firefighter for 30 to 40 years, or they've been an accountant or they've been a marketing director and they've, they've retired now and they're getting their pension. I often say they have a pension, but they have no purpose. How, how can someone reignite that purpose when they're looking at their retirement years? What are your thoughts on that? For that individual, well, I I look at it as where do they want to go? Not everyone that gets that pension wants anything else mm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know several of my book club members have retired, and they looked for ways to volunteer. Mm-hmm. I think that's really huge in that particular area of life for people who are not going to their nine to five any longer, but realize that they want to still provide something of service to other people. So they um, make sure that they um, volunteer, you know, get involved. Um, And that's a time that if they weren't operating in their purpose, to see what they could actually begin doing. Cause sometimes you can shift it. Maybe you can't be the gymnastic, <laughs> but you could teach gymnastics, mm-hmm. being clear in what it is that you want mm-hmm. um, and set with that. Because if you're not sure what it is sit with it mm-hmm. and, and you'll, and ask and, and we get our answers. Ask and you shall receive. Asking you shall receive. Yeah. So as we wrap up here, uh, what's the next big thing for you? I hope many <laughs> things are <laughs> heading my way. <laughs> as my husband says, there's always better. Everything turns out better than what you expect, and there's always better on, a, mm. on the way. And so there's better on the way for Miss Ella Inspires. It'd be nice to see that book completed, sure. Conrad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be a great um, way to end the year is to physically touch mm-hmm. that book. Yeah. yeah. So that would be yeah. a big thing for Miss Ellen. Sure. So finally, what's one thing that's a practical thing that someone can do if they are in that place in their life where they are looking for their purpose? I say, write it out, write out the things that you love to do. Cause usually we have, you know, five to 10 to 20 different things that we really love to do. Uh, Cause I've seen them, <laughs> this long list of things. Well, start chunking it down to where it's more manageable and then chunk it down some more. Once you set with it and you really start honing in to see what would you really want to make priority in your life as a purpose, as your purpose, as your life purpose, as your calling, 
as your service and uh, and then chunk it down again once you realize that um, I don't think I could do that one. I wouldn't want to be a cook. Oh, but I enjoy cooking, you know, or I enjoy doing hair, but I don't want to stand on my feet all day. You know, ah, maybe I could help people learn to read. Oh, I could do that. Uh, so you start researching, looking for the things that you'll need to do so that you can begin to operate community colleges, uh, places like that. I'm just using that as an example for someone that might be wondering, what could I actually begin doing? And you got to start small. So get rid of the long list, chunk it down to one to three things, and then begin going from there. What really sparks you? What sets you on fire? You know, what ignites your soul? That's what you aim at. Yeah. That's great. Well, Miss Ella, you are an inspiration. And thank you for taking time to talk to me here on the Explore Purpose podcast. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your insights. And thank you for having me here today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Miss Ella, for sharing your story on the podcast today. Thank you for your inspiration and for the work that you're doing to inspire others to live with purpose and meaning. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I love five-star ratings. And I'd love to hear what you thought about the show and how you are living out your purpose. And be sure to follow us on all the socials. Check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, go out and make an impact by living life with purpose. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next time on the Explore Purpose podcast.